this is Carrie Peters and Stacey Morgenstern and welcome to Better Than Ever, a Health Coach Institute podcast where we're here to question how we do life because the normal rules no longer apply. Hey everybody, it's Carrie Peters here for the Better Than Ever podcast and I think I am joined by my esteemed colleague, Stacey Morgenstern. Stacey, are you here with us? What's up, Carrie in Chicago? What's up, Stacy in San Francisco? <laughs> is, it, is it spring where you are? It is blooming. Our garden is producing way more lettuce than we can possibly eat ourselves. <laughs> oh, great. So I'm com- we're all coming to your house. Is that what you're telling me? You're going to come to my house for a big garden salad. <laughs> perfect. Well, and isn't that the perfect food for spring? <laughs> It is. It has an energetic of up and out, and I'm noticing I'm starting to feel more social again, coming out of down and in, you know, like winter's kind of like a carrot. You go down and in. Yeah. (laughs) I think that we should make a t-shirt or a mug that says winter's kind of like a carrot. (laughs) But then, of course, with down and in, I don't know. There's a lot of jokes that could be made about that. (laughs) So So what are we going to talk about today? Well, we're going to talk about spring and, and what, what does this time of year signify? What are the opportunities for getting back in touch with who it is that you are becoming? Because spring is a time of renewal. It's a time of, you know, new, new lettuce being born and new flowers being born and leaves growing on trees. And so what is it that's wanting to be birthed from you? anyone who's listening, and of course you, Stacey, and me, Carrie, um, and it's an exciting time. But I think one of the challenges of spring, because there's light again and there's warmth again, and it can be like, it can be so exciting, but we can also be uh, super excited and attracted to everything. You know what I mean, Stacy? Mm-hmm. Like shiny object syndrome, like Oh, flower, tree, bunny, bird. <laughs> but the equivalent of that, like in our lives. Mm. Does that make you feel anxious or excited or inspired? What does that feeling, what does spring bring for you? It, you know, I think it, for, for me, it feels like uh good because just the sunlight like I live in Chicago it's so dark that it's it's that's tough so just having the sunshine and having warm weather is like a new lease on life for Mm. sure but what I notice is that I I can get almost too excited and like overdue like over schedule and over achieve and not sleep enough or not rest like it's almost I can, there's a way in which with the grounding of winter, um, when that goes away, we can almost like spin too much, spin out. You know what I mean? It's so interesting because I realize with seasons, people are, are seasonal and I, this feels like a really good time for me, that down and in of the winter. Ugh, even though I thought I was coming out of, 2016, having really learned about grief and being done with that. This winter, I had one more bout, it felt like, of darkness, but it was a different kind of grief. It was so interesting, and I'll relate this to the springtime too, but 
I realized that I had both like grief and anger for the ways in which I've sacrificed myself or compromised myself and have been conditioned to do so. And I was noticing a friend recently who has created her life to just be so joyful and so alive and, and just like no BS, like not taking, not doing things for, not martyring herself. Mm. And this winter was a little bit of a, of a healing of martyrdom, which is a kind of a rough road. It is a bumpy road. And I realized that what is representing or what is blossoming for me in this spring is to stop judging others for choosing the things that I've never given myself permission to choose. Because in that is a martyrdom. Like when, when you're in martyrdom, right? And if I think of sort of like the, the seasons and one of my winter seasons is martyrdom where I'm doing things because I think I have to or that uh, I don't want to be doing them. Um, but I feel like I should or that somebody else will lose out if I don't. And so I never even considered the option of not doing those things. So there's a way of feeling stuck and abandoning myself. And then the recent discovery, what has sprouted or bloomed in this coming spring is, uh, wait a second, I actually never held the possibility that I could say no and when you're knowing, you're also saying yes to something else. And when you're saying yes, you're saying no to something. So it's been an interesting journey going from winter to spring and understanding what are the seeds of yes and no that I'm planting. Hmm. What are the seeds of yes and no that you're planting? And that sounds to me like you're realizing that you can choose different seeds than you've chosen in the past. Yeah, and I I think that this is something that coaches really do with clients is I had this revelation yesterday actually um, that I was excited to share with you of that there's almost this, I don't know if you'd call it a virtual reality or if that's the right term for it, but that a coaching relationship is very much like a virtual reality where you hold a space for who this person wants to become, for who your client wants to become. And in the session, they get to practice becoming that person and getting an interaction or a feedback from the universe, from this, you know, from your relationship to them. You're relating to them as who they want to become. So there's some way that a coaching relationship is about those seeds of yes and no and holding someone steady in, in whatever they're, they're trying to yes for themselves, like holding them steady because we all get ungrounded in, on the journey to who we want to become. There's ways where we get it for a second. And then as soon as life responds to us there, we feel disrupted and we default back to the old ways of being. Does that make sense? Yep. It sure. It certainly does. I think, especially when like the waves of life hit, and things come up, um, it's easy to feel like you're getting knocked back 
uh, and, and defaulting to those old, old habits. It's yeah. So it's like a, how do you hold steady uh, in the, in the way of being that you most feel at home within yourself? Hmm. And, and that feels but, like sometimes walking on a tightrope. Well, but the thing that is important about that is that realizing that you actually can do that and you don't have to sacrifice making money. You don't have to sacrifice your relationship to your family or your loved ones because that sense of like, well, I'm, I'm just going to be who I am. Like, there's also the fear of loss in that. Like, well, if I just want to, you know, be who I am every day and, and, and like relax and enjoy and read and do yoga and whatever, well then I'm never doing any work and I'm not going to make any money. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. of what, uh, there's a, there's a feeling I think, and maybe it's pervasive in society. Maybe we've been taught this, maybe both that there's a trade-off that we either get to be successful in financially or we or successful quote unquote in relationships, which generally means being in a relationship. That's I think the sort of general view of what success is. Or we get to be ourselves. Yeah, like I get to be me or be loved. We often have it that these are opposites right. that cannot coexist. Right. So how do I get to be me and still be loved and and uh and belong yeah and how do i get to yeah how do i get to have especially if i start to explore getting to know myself in a new way you know spring is a, a good time for that and also you know part of coaching and being a professional coach is is diving deep into your own stuff mm -hmm. um and you do that so that you can you know, you work through your money issues so you can help your clients with money. You work through your relationship issues so you can help your clients with relationships. Even if you're a health coach, um, it doesn't matter what kind of coach you are really. The truth is you're going to be working with people in every area of their lives. So part of the job description of coach is to work through diligently and consistently all one's own stuff in every area of mm. their lives. Yeah, and I, uh, gosh, when I um, think of this analogy of winter to spring and the, the spring flowers blooming and uh, what is that quote, that April showers bring me flowers, and I, I think of the April showers somewhat of being the, the cleansing tears, um, that there's relief in the cleansing tears and you need that those cleansing tears in order to open to receive the abundance that is coming on its way through spring and summer um so there's there's a a, a beautiful opportunity as we let go of winter and what has died, what has fallen away, maybe some of the things that we are realizing are not as important as we were making them or they're no longer important now and we don't have to carry them around anymore so we can set them down. And there's a levity in setting them down on the ground, allowing them to get recycled into the soil 
and are composted into the soil, our old ways of being. And the newness of spring, it's an invitation. So I'm curious of what, Carrie, are you inviting this spring? <laughs> well, let's see. I'm inviting the, the possibility for me. Uh, work has always been a source of, yes, stress and challenge, but mostly pleasure and fulfillment. And where I really have a difficult time is in being a mom. Mm -hmm. uh, I've only, you know, my daughter's 17 months old. I, I, I'm pretty new at it. <laughs> but the, the lifestyle change is so drastic. And, and at, an, at an older age, I mean, I, I got pregnant, uh, surprise, at 40, <laughs> not planning. So um, I, there's an invitation to, like, the, the universe and spirit to um, help me see how I might enjoy life day to day because it really is so much of like work, kids, sleep, work, kids, sleep, kids, sleep, work, kids, sleep, work, work, sleep, kids, sleep, work, sleep. It just, it's such a different kind of existence than what I've been used to. And I don't particularly like it, even though I love her. Uh, tremendously. Mm. So I feel like uh, this spring there's an invitation to um, to possibility of going, yeah, this what does it mean to be like grounded in family relationships and the day-to-day -day of family life, but to still feel alive? and to still feel inspired and excited and still feel like I'm a person, you know? Um, that's yeah, you know, I just got a hit, Carrie, and, and I'm gonna throw something out there to you, if that's okay. for <laughs> me? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's interesting because I know that, um, you are a recovering perfectionist and also that you um you have felt anxious most of your life and most of us have would you say that's true i mean i i don't know if that's true you know like i i don't know i i wonder if, do people not feel anxious i i don't know <laughs> Is that possible? <laughs> Probably. So, I bet there are people who don't feel anxious. So great. So would you say that you're, you're, is, you reside in anxiety or anxiousness? Like, do you find that, is that more your, your operating system? Yeah, I would say it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, yes. And um, a child, man, that just takes it to a whole nother level because there's so many unknowns and uncertainties. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I just, I, this morning I was thinking, um, <laughs> I had posted this juggling video, which I don't know if you I saw. saw that. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. And your dress uh, is super cute. <laughs> yeah. This, this story about how, when I was six and ran away, I actually ran away from home to join the circus and, 
saw an ad in the paper, $600 for new circus acts. And my friend Wendy Friedman and I uh, thought we were going to make our parents rich and they would be so proud of us that we would get the $600 gig. And our act to impress was that I would do a handstand on her handlebars and she would pop a wheelie off the curb. <laughs> so guess how many times we practiced that one? <laughs> So I smeared the pavement with my skin. Terrible, terrible, terrible. And, um, and, but what I realized, what I, uh, what I took with me from that childhood innocence and experience and naivete is motherhood and life is very much like juggling. It's all of these balls in the air at the same time. And you kind of have to accept that you're not going to catch them all. And that it's okay that some of them will fall to the ground. And there's a great courage in trusting that it will all be okay. Trusting that the ones that fall to the ground um, are, are also going to be okay where they are. And in that process, juggling, because it's kind of goofy, is to remember to not take ourselves so seriously. And in that, because I also tend towards anxiousness, my realization is that it takes courage to get grounded, to actually let grounded in and to stabilize grounded takes a lot of courage. Well, do you mean because that's not your typical pattern? Yes. Okay. And that we, we, you know, we go towards what's comfortable. So there's a way of what I would invite you, an invitation for the spring. If I am the voice of spring, <laughs> I am the voice of spring is, is there a way to... to orient towards a switch so that anxiety is not where you reside, but grounded is where you reside. And in that, what takes great courage is that there's a couple of things that I see in that, is one, that there's probably going to be tears. And the tears are not the tears of, uh, of just um, exhaustion and the problems and there's too much to do and not enough time. It's not the, just those tears, although those tears may come, but it's tears for, I think, love and ease and okayness that we don't yet know how to receive. Well, yes, and, and that groundedness, at least for me, the place where I get that is meditation. Mm. There's no way I would have made it through this experience of having a child and becoming a mother and all of that. Like if I, if I didn't have that practice, and I don't, you know, I don't sit in a lotus position with incense burning, chanting Om, that's just not my gig, but I write. And, um, if I did like, there's a sense of when I connect in that I can, like, there's, the, there's a, you know how you said a coach holds the space for, um, 
like the version of you that's coming basically. Well, yeah. in meditation, spirit holds the space for their, for everything to be okay. Mm. And for everything to be, um, to not, not only not be problematic, but to be wonderful. Um, and that's, I think one of the great powers of meditation is that when we can't hold that for ourselves, spirit, universe, God, what, whatever you call it, uh, can do that for you. There's actually, um, I was raised Catholic and I'm a recovering Catholic, <laughs> but I do remember stories of like, maybe I can't remember if the Bible or a hymn or a mass or whatever, where there's a sense of like resting your head on Jesus or God or whatever. But I feel that in meditation, like that is the place because there's nothing greater in, in my mind than spirit, than universe, than God. And so if you can for a moment, whether it's a couple minutes or, you know, 10 minutes or 15 minutes, basically rest your head in the knowledge that like it, it is all okay. Um, there is a, 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 a larger plan at work. Mm. You are safe um, and, and, and being guided in every moment of every day. And the one, <coughs> the other thing that's particularly comforting is being told over and over, you are not alone. Like that, what is that? There was a, that there's a famous thing of Jesus walking in the sand or you're walking in the sand and there's only one set of footsteps and you're like, where were you Jesus when I needed you? It was like, I was carrying you. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my footsteps. <laughs> Maybe he didn't say it like that. I don't know. But, but mm -hmm. ultimately, remembering that, um, that yeah, you're, you're, there's, there's no aloneness. And even in the like, deepest, darkest place of like, am I ever going to like my life again? Mm -hmm. There's a place to rest your head. You know, that there's a, um, there's a, to me, that is the most grounding, um, way to be so that I can let go of the default of anxiety. Even if it, if it's 10 minutes in a day, well, that's better than nothing, you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah. So even, you know, I often get asked the question of, you know, how do you, how do you balance uh, work and family and being a mother and a business. And, and I think it, the answer is in exactly what you just said. It's in the stolen moments. We all crave wide open stretches of time to be alone and, you know, stare at the sky. And I keep, I have, I have put, so much of my life on pause waiting for that moment to come like that big chunk of time where i would just rest and leisure and i realized that those times don't exactly come unless maybe if you go and get a grant and take up a residency somewhere but if we just put our whole life all of our dreams on pause and seem to wait until a different time it causes a lot of anxiety because you're always in the waiting yeah and we have to feel good now not wait until the circumstances are different or not associate our happiness with different 
objects and characters and circumstances. Like I'll, it's the, it's the, I'll feel good when, and, mm -hmm. and putting it on, it's like a deferral of feeling good. And I, I think the only way to, um, bring that imagined future into the now is to start practicing the way that you think you'll feel when you finally get to lay your head to start practicing that in the stolen moments and that might not even be 10 minutes that might be three minutes uh and i i keep trying to get it when i go to the bathroom but i have a seven-year-old and in seven years i still don't think that i have been able to go to the bathroom by myself so i keep hoping that that's going to be my sanctuary and my temple and it's just not yet um it makes me laugh so i still have to steal it in the stolen moments and find that calm yeah yeah i remember um maybe it was uh it was, I think it was two and a half years ago, it was before I got pregnant, where I said to a coach of mine, I want to learn how to be the calm in the eye of the storm. So that anything and everything can be swirling around me and I can stay in a place of like groundedness and calm. And uh, <laughs> little did I know I was about to get like the greatest life lesson ever to learn that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, you, you get you get to to practice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you meditate, Stacy? I I have to say that I used to, and I try now. There is no try, only do or not do. <laughs> um, so I noticed that recently I have a very busy mind. And so I do actually sit every day and sometimes it's literally for two minutes. Can I just hold this for two minutes? But what I focus on more is not a specific meditation practice, although I, I do aspire to, to recultivate mine that I used to have because I was always centering and calming and oh, it just feels so good. Um, and, but what, what, I can do now because I can't always meditate in the car or so it's not ideal. Do not try that at home <laughs> is a focus on your breath. And I've kind of been sitting with the thought Carrie of that mindfulness is aligning your breath casually because what I was doing in my meditation, I noticed I was efforting. I was actually efforting to relax. <laughs> I'm going to meditate. Yeah, like sit down. <laughs> okay, let those thoughts pass. And something about, so it's, I, I've been um, trying to not take it so seriously. Back to the juggling and the playfulness of spring and blooming is to not take the meditation so seriously. Right now, my practice is aligning the breath casually and remembering that deep breaths are inspirations and to track when I'm not breathing or when I'm breathing shallow, which happens to be quite a lot, actually, and that we can change our state from anxious to grounded simply by deep breathing in a casual way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, it really does. It, you, it, it takes you out of an anxious state and grounds you pretty immediately. I agree. I was actually up last night. I, I, Evie, my daughter, uh, woke up crying for a second and, and needed a pacifier. We gave it to her. She goes back to sleep and I was up. <laughs> Brain running, all of that. And after about an hour and a half, I was like, yeah, you know, I should breathe. Like, hello, you know, of course I should breathe. So I went into some deep breathing and man, I was out. I mean, right back asleep. It, it's just amazing how it's something so simple and yet we forget that it's accessible to us in every moment. Yeah. And, you know, as you were saying that and you asked about meditation is you know, meditation is, is often like, it's a practice, right? It's a practice that people go to. And there are other kinds of practices. So another one that I've been playing with, because I know meditation is not everybody's thing. And it's a really nice one. And you, you can certainly, it, it's very powerful. A lot of successful people use meditation. You can look up YouTube videos. We can actually uh, do a short meditation perhaps at the end of this. But I wanted to share another daily practice that I've been using to go from this anxiousness to a more grounded place. And it's real simple. It's three things. It's what am I grateful for? What I did right today. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and what do I want to attract? Hmm. Will you say those again? Those are cool. Yeah. What am I grateful for? So this is like a great, and you can do it at the end of the day, perhaps, after dinner, before bed, looking back on your day. What am I grateful for? What I did right. It's important to compliment yourself daily. <laughs> because we're often thinking about how we didn't do it enough or we did it wrong. And we're so freaking hard on ourselves, especially through motherhood. We're so hard on ourselves. So I'm going to, I'm going to add a little, like, let me just put a placeholder there and let me share the rest of the daily practice. And then I want to come back to this question that I've also been asking myself. So it's what am I grateful for what I did right and what I want to attract and that simple practice, you can feel the groundedness in it. And when I stand in that groundedness with that casual deep breath, that deep inspiration, it's like inspiration and exaltation. <sighs> inspiration, exaltation. And to inspire actually means to breathe life into to animate or exalt. So there's something really beautiful about that inspiration and the exaltation is, is like a lifting out knock, which is very much the springtime energy. So there's something really grounding about gratitude, what I did right and what do I want, what do I want to attract? And one of the ways that I got to this was because I was focusing so much on what I wasn't doing right 
what I wasn't doing enough, whether it comes to parenting or being a wife or a business owner or a friend or a sister or daughter is like, Ugh, I just can't, I can't freaking get it right. Like, just do I suck at everything? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, and now I'm closed and I'm not taking in the love or the opportunities and right. It's just like it crumbles. We collapse in on ourselves. And so I started to change the question. How much more credit can I give myself for how open I already am? How much more credit can I give myself for how open I already am or how willing I already am? And there's something about that, that when I stood in the energy of that led to that daily practice. Like it's something, as I started to give myself credit for how open I already am, and I didn't know what the next thing was to do, the daily practice came of this is what you should do. Notice something that you're grateful for, what you did right, and what you want to attract. And that has become the practice that I can do now. And then I still try my meditation and I notice, is it working? Is it not working? But I'm putting less efforting there because what was happening is I'm efforting in the meditation and then judging myself for how I'm not I'm doing, doing it right. right. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point of that? <laughs> I can't even that right. to tell yourself how much you suck. I can't even meditate right. <laughs> All I have to do is do nothing, and I'm exhausted from doing nothing. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, um, what do you think of this practice? I love it. I really do. I think that it's simple, and I I just panic when somebody says, clear your head. Like, I just, that's not, I'm not going <laughs> to don't think of an elephant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, so what it's, it's it's three simple questions. It's super focused and um it's opening you up to everything that you have and all the things that are to come. I mean, it's uh it's really wonderful. And I love yeah. saying that, that isn't, you know, there's there's so many more ways to meditate than the typical thing that people think of. Um it's simply a practice of um, getting to be with yourself in the present moment and opening up to things. Um, and that's what that question sequence does. I love it. Well, the, <laughs> the other realization I had just last night was thinking of your life like chapters of books and that each of these what might be deemed unwanted emotional states, resentment and anxiety and guilt and shame and fear and all of that is that if you imagine that those are different chapters of books or they're almost a resource box and to almost think of yourself as proactively seeking out anxiety right now because anxiety is my teacher today and so I'm actually going to engage with anxiety. And I found something really empowering. I don't know if anyone else will feel that way, but I found something really empowering about imagining myself 
uh, being the chooser of that state and that there was something to learn or gain from accessing that and that, that I could develop the muscle or the choice to go into those chapters or to, uh, to pick a different one. Yeah, I love that. Well, you, you're putting yourself as, as the, um, I'm going to say this wrong, the effect instead of the cause. But what I'm trying to say is that you're choosing versus being a victim of feelings that you can't control. Yeah, it's more like be the cause. Right. And which is kind of an alignment with what we were saying before about like, you know, breathe, breathing casually is like be the cause, be ca causal, be casual. So it's kind of like, hey, universe, if we were going to do this casually, it's like, uh, you know, um, hey, universe, would you mind shifting a few things? <laughs> that would be great. Thank you. Peace out. <laughs> See ya. See ya, big you. <laughs> so I feel like a, a great, you know, a meditation to do right now would be to, if you're listening, to take yourself through that three-question sequence. And Stacey, would you repeat it? What am I grateful for? Yeah, what am I grateful for? What have I done right today? And what I want to attract. And... Carrie, we could um, close out with just maybe a, a two or three minute, um, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if I'd call it a meditation, but maybe an activation uh, that's a calming activation. <laughs> I think life is all paradox, so here we go, a calming activation. How about well, that? I have a simple one um, that takes just Great. a moment. What? Go for it. Well, I learned this from a, a, a mentor and coach uh, over the years, and I absolutely love it because it uh, uh, doesn't require a whole lot of thought, but just if you're sitting or standing to um, put your attention into, imagine if you're sitting into your pelvis, and then imagining that there's a big, big cord running from your butt down into the earth, and then down through the earth and down into the center of the earth. And to imagine that cord and on it, there's an on off switch. And that when you turn the switch to on, all of your energy and gets to drop down into that cord and into the center of the earth. Mm. <sighs> And you get to breathe it out and let every single thing that's going on in your mind, in your body, drop down to that cord. And it's almost like that cord has suction <laughs> when you turn the on switch on, like it's suctioning out all of the, all of the extra and just leaving you in peace in your body and letting all of everything go down through that cord into the center of the earth where the earth, mother earth takes care of everything and you get to be in your body, in this moment. <clears throat> Breathing if it feels good. And continuing to let that energy drop, letting that section work. And this is a beautiful, simple meditation to do before your coaching sessions, 
to get yourself grounded. And if your client comes to a session and they're like really, really manic or flitting everywhere and their energy's all over the place, this is a fantastic way in just a minute, maybe and a half to completely change their state. So this is super perfect to add just this really calming activation that will just tie nicely together with what we've been talking about. So as you're dropping that cord, say to yourself, I no longer hold the past against myself. I am no longer who I don't need to be. I honor who I've become. I find unique ways to celebrate by focusing on the things I'm doing right. And so I escort all of me back to the light. Taking a deep breath in. Feeling joy entering in every part of your body. Be sure to add a smile. You might even imagine every cell in your body being a smiley face. <laughs> That's a great visual. <laughs> And so it is. <laughs> and so it is. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. tuning in to Better Than Ever, a Health Coach Institute podcast. For more information on our programs, please go to www.healthcoachinstitute.com. Comment and share if you like what you hear.